administrator and the charge nurse on duty at the time. Twelve patients died after days in suffocating heat with little or no air conditioning after the power went out. This even though investigators say there was a fully functioning hospital just across the street. Peter. Brazil's military is joining the firefight in the Amazon. CBS's Manuel Bajorquez is there. As things continue to smolder, here is what's at stake for everyone. The Amazon produces a substantial amount of the world's oxygen. It also stores carbon dioxide, which can heat the atmosphere. Scientists are afraid that balance could be changing, speeding up climate change. The G7 countries have just agreed to contribute $20 million to the firefighting effort. In Norman, Oklahoma, a judge's ruling is expected in a few hours on whether Johnson & Johnson helped fuel the state's opioid epidemic by aggressively marketing painkillers. CBS's Omar Villafranca. This is the first time a case like this has gone to trial, but obviously it will not be the last. And depending on how a judge rules, it could provide a new strategy for attorneys on how to hold big corporations accountable. The state wants more than $17 billion. S&P futures are up 19. This is CBS News. Behind every moment shared with the ones you love is a plan that helped make it happen. Learn more or find an advisor at MassMutual.com. Welcome to this guided meditation brought to you by MassMutual. Let's begin by closing our eyes. Wait, if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road. Everyone else, visualize your child getting into their dream school. Imagine their screams of joy. You feel a sense of relief. (sighs) This is how it feels to have a college savings plan. Learn more or find an advisor at MassMutual.com. Securities and advisory services offered through MML Investor Services, a MassMutual subsidiary. When you fire up a John Deere 1 Series tractor, you can tackle the job without wrestling the attachments. Hook up everything from a front loader to a drive-over mower deck in no time. So you can haul gravel, cut grass, or do any job in between. Because when things just click, work just gets done. And now get a 1 Series for just $99 a month at your nearest participating John Deere dealer. Nothing runs like a Deere. Run with us. Search John Deere 1 Series for more. 0% annual percentage rate. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Two years after a bomb went off at her concert in Manchester, England, a pop star has returned to the stage. Here's the BBC's Colin Patterson. An emotional Ariana Grande was back on stage in Manchester, not for a full performance, but rather a nine-song, 35-minute headlining slot at the Manchester Pride Festival, an LGBT plus celebration. It's better than every other act that's ever come to Pride, so I'm happy with that. There is no words to describe. She gave no on-stage announcement about putting on her own Manchester show in the future, meaning this performance at Pride could be her last in the city for quite a while. Hilton Head Island in South Carolina is known for great beaches and high-end resorts. Now some residents are trying to keep a go-kart track from opening. One says it'll make it more like Myrtle Beach, which she considers tacky. Peter King, CBS News. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. With a call to National Tax Helpline, you can stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will stop all the collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce or eliminate your tax burden. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs, you may qualify for substantial savings. So get the help you need. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more, call now for free information and to see if you qualify. Take down the number now for the tax helpline. 800-805-1055. That's 800-805-1055 for free information. 800-805-1055. That's 800-805-1055. Alpine Heating and Cooling is a local, veteran-owned HVAC contractor providing you comfort with their best guaranteed prices, 24-7 emergency service, 10-year warranties on new systems, and free estimates. Alpine, with a Y, uses quality products from top brands like Ream and LG. Call them at 740-591-2777 or email bill at alpinehvac.com. Alpine Heating and Cooling, helping you stay cool and drop it like it's hot. When the pimp's in the crib, ma, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot.
Stop by and enjoy the wonderful atmosphere of the expanded Bunch of Grapes Tavern and Cutler's Restaurant at the Ohio University Inn. Enjoy weekly specials like Prime Rib Sundays, Martini Mondays, Italian Tuesdays, and Wine Down Wednesdays. In addition to award-winning dining, the Ohio University Inn offers rooms with amenities such as free Wi-Fi, pet-friendly rooms, and a 24-hour fitness center. Come visit the Gateway to Ohio University, the Ohio University Inn, located at 331 Richland Avenue in Athens. Now that we are located in our new space in Grand Central Mall, we have received most of our fall and winter product. Here at A Work of Heart, we are just about done with all of our remodeling, but we are open for business. Come in and choose from the best selection of garden and regular flags, the best selection of framed art, and the best selection of inspirational signs in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And we have so much more. Our two laser engravers help you choose some of the most unique arts and gifts. You can add names and dates and sayings to many of the items we engrave. We also have artists that personalize many items with names and dates. Often you can take your treasure home the same day. We have a great selection of Blue Mountain and Lean and Tree greeting cards for all occasions, along with magnets, coffee mugs, and puzzles. Come see us today. That's a work of heart. Now across from American Eagle and next to Justice, Grand Central Mall, Vienna, West Virginia. Are you feeling lucky? While raising the bar in plumbing service, veteran-owned True Blue Plumbing is offering a free 50-gallon Ream hot water tank complete with free installation to one lucky winner every month. Just like and follow their Facebook page, and True Blue will contact you if you're the winner of the month. If you have questions, call 740-590-5400 or email bill at truebluplumbing.com. That's blue without an E. With a lifetime of experience and a desire to be the best in the business, True Blue is committed to being true to you. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. What a difference a few weeks can make. Walking the dogs at night, needing a jacket. Getting close to needing a jacket in the morning when you come to work. Ah, the seasons, they are a-changing. Good morning, it's the Party Line. A free-for-all edition on a Monday. Monday, August 26th to be exact, and uh, this is the 238th day of this year. Now down to 127 days remaining, and uh, fall is, um, let's see, when does fall officially start? Oh, I'm all alone in here. Well, my partner will join me here soon, Scott. We'll double check all of that. But uh, 127 days left in the year. Our highlight in history, they say on August 26, but the year 1920, the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution guaranteeing American women's rights to vote was certified in effect by the Secretary of State, who back then was Bainbridge Colby. How about that? Kind of amazingly... Didn't have the right in the first place. All right. Well, um, let's see. What else do we have here? Krakatoa, that uh, island volcano, 1883. Began its uh, cataclysmic, is the word they're using here, eruptions, leading to a massive explosion the following day. 1910, Thomas Edison demonstrated for reporters an improved version of the kinetophone, something like that, a device for showing a movie with standardized sound. 
Anyway, we could go on and on with various um, highlighted historical events, certainly. There is a lengthy list every day. Um, I guess we could mention our thought for the day. This is from George William Curtis, an American author and editor who lived from 1824 to 1892. Well, some of these hit me better than others, but this one is certainly true. It's just, I don't know if it's that profound. It simply is like this. While we read history, we make history. George William Curtis. Birthdays, Vic Dana is 79. You know, somehow or other, I thought he might be a bit older than that. Anyway, let's see here. Who else? Valerie Simpson, 74. Bill Whitaker, journalist, broadcast journalist, 68. Brett Cullen, the actor, 63. Stan Van Gundy. NBA coach, right? 60. Bramford Marsalis, jazz musicians, 59. TV writer, actress Riley Weston is 53. Actress Melissa McCarthy, 49. You know, this, uh, she's in a new movie. And it's an entirely different role from for her, as I understand it. I've not seen it. But, um, oh, Scott, you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, let me get your mic going. Um, there we are. Good morning. Melissa McCarthy, you know, has always been in all these comedies, right? And uh, sitcoms and things like that. But I think she's in some movie that's kind of a, I don't know. Far more serious. Yeah, it's called Super Intelligence. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, I lost my place. Where was I? Oh, here we go. Um, Meredith, Meredith Eaton, an actress of 45. Actor Mike Coulter, 43. Actor... Macaulay Culkin is 39. How can that be possible? Gee whiz. Wasn't it just yesterday he was in Home Alone and all that junk? It seems like it. Junk, I'm forgive my expression. But um, 39. I still think of him as like a little kid. Yeah, of course. In that movie, but obviously he's not now at 39 years of age. Is the youngest person listed today has a similar name to mine, actress Kiki, or something to that effect, Palmer, who's 26. Don't know a thing about her. Hmm. Anyway. Not a palm tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, you know, our national day calendar, today is National Dog Day. Hey, all right. And... Um, National Women's Equality Day, National Webmistress Day. What's that? Web mistress. Jeez, that could be. Okay, so the uh, only thing I can guess is like we have a, you know, there's the term webmaster. Yeah. So at the radio station, we have several people that share that responsibility. But. I suppose if you're a female and you are the webmaster for that business, you are the webmistress. That's the only thing I can guess. Oh, well, here we go. What do you have? Are you ready? It says, okay. Uh, Am I even close? Um, well, maybe a little bit. Cat Valentine founded National Webmistress Day in June of 2016 to promote women in web design. Okay, well, yes, I'm yeah. close. Yeah. 
And the last thing to mention today is National Cherry Popsicle Day. Love the cherry flavor. Yep. Oh, that's another one I have to add to the list of fruits that we were talking about last week that we liked. Cherries. Oh, yeah. I would put that on a list. There's a a cherry salsa that um, I have a little trouble finding sometimes. But when I do, I buy several bottles. It's really good. (laughs) Yeah, I can see why. With that cherry flavoring, Mm. Mm. something about that just tickles my taste buds. You know, (laughs) when you think of salsas, you think of something typically a little bit spicy. A little bit warm. And um, uh, with a little heat to it and all that sort of thing. That is not my favorite type of salsa. Now, that's... Also means I'm very non-traditional, um, but um, I, I like the mango and the apple and the cherry salsas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've also really liked uh, cherry beef jerky, cherry flavored. I'm not sure. I've tried. Uh, oh, it's that. good. Got some in Florida a few years ago, and. Uh, the applewood smoked is really good. I'll put an eye out for it. Yeah, it's it's pretty tasty. All right, what about uh, on this day historical events? Let's see here. 1346, the year, the Battle of Creasy, I think it is, south of Calais in northern France. Calais, yep. Okay, I'm terrible with this stuff. It's okay. They're not all very easy. Edward III's English longbows defeat Philip the Sixth army. And we could also add that cannons were used for the first time in battle. 1346 on this date. 1924, the, cat- um, the catastrophe of Smyrna known as the Asia Minor Catastrophe to the Greeks. The Ottoman army expels Greeks and other non-Turks from Asia Minor. 1924, August 13th, uh, what's that mean? O.S. Well, anyway. Um, 1945, Japanese Diplomats board the USS Missouri to receive instructions on Japan's surrender at the end of World War II. Nineteen fifty-nine, British Motor Corporation introduces the Morris Mini Miner, designed by Alec Isagonis. Isagonis, something to that effect. It was only ten feet long, but seated four passengers. Now, um, I think that was the earliest predecessor to what we now call the Mini Cooper, I think. Hmm. And, um, of course, um, at some point, BMW took over the Mini from Morris. And my wife... Drives a Mini Cooper. I love to when she doesn't, uh, when she's not around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it frees up the car. Yeah, for you, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 1996. U.S. President Bill Clinton signs the Welfare Re- Reform into law, representing a major shift in welfare policy. Mother Teresa, were she alive? This would be her birthday. She lived from 1910 to 1997. What about famous deaths? We, uh, there are two to note. One would be Charles Lindbergh, who died on this date in 1974. The other one would be that of Neil Simon. What a fan of his. Mm, What a fan of 
is I am. Yeah, I think I said that right. By the way, he died on this date just last year in 2018. Born in 1927. I have a ton of things I brought in this morning. First off, a, a little, a few notes about upcoming shows. Tomorrow, David Haining will be joining us. Uh, he is the uh, superintendent of the Federal Hawking Local School District. And um, uh, we'll get caught up on um, some of the things he, he hopes to achieve out there. Um, Not that there are a bunch that need to be done, but I mean, the point is we'll get an update from him on the Federal Hawking Local School District. Then on Wednesday, Cassie Meek joins us from the the Dairy Barn. And, uh, you know, we have a a search going on, which I think I'm on the search committee. Not real sure about that, but I I was asked to be, and I haven't heard anything yet. But anyway... Uh, for the new director of the Dairy Barn. So uh, we'll get caught up on their activity. Sounds good. I'll set that over there. Well, you know, speaking of school districts, uh, schools have started oh, in yeah. our area. Uh, so that means high school football will be starting in our area. In well, they, they, had, um, they had some scrimmages. Yeah. Um, Regular season begins this weekend. And we're on the road, aren't we? Yes, at Waverly, Athens Bulldogs. We'll travel to Waverly. Nelsonville, York is at Trimble. That would be a huge game, as it is each and every year. And uh, Alexander travels to Bradford. And Federal Hawking will travel to uh, 100 West Virginia. Isn't that where Penny Purdy's from? I have no idea. I, I know I she it is. is. It's... Uh, West Virginia, I just don't know where. Yeah, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it is. Folks, she, Penny Purdy, who you know is on the afternoons uh, here on WATH from basically 12.30 to 4. Um, Perky Penny, we tease her. And, and if you've listened to her show, you know why. Uh, she's just a hoot. Yeah, she is. Anyway... Um, she just told me about this hillbilly hot dog thing for years. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been there. Well, I haven't. And she says she's going to take me down there. <laughs> but um, It's I, actually been featured on one of the food networks. Oh, I'm not surprised from what they describe it. Yeah. One of these days, I'll do it. Yeah. Not too far cool. off. But anyway, that's where uh, Federal Hawking travels to this weekend. Uh Friday night, Federal Hawking. Uh, Saturday night is the Nelsonville Trimble game. And uh, Alexander also Saturday evening. And the Bulldogs game will be Friday night at Waverly. Also, the Bobcats host Rhode Island Saturday afternoon in Peden Stadium. And the Ohio State Buckeyes will host Florida Atlantic in Columbus, a noon kickoff. So, our sports director, Troy Bolin. In uh, all of our various sports personnel, um, it's almost ready. You're almost ready to get going, right? Yep, kick it in high gear. Uh, coming on Friday and Saturday. Yes. Okay. Now I'm gonna. I've got two different things going on here, but they're kind of related. All right. First of all, I, I suppose you folks have heard about Tropical Storm Dorian. It's down in, um, what would we call it, the Caribbean? I think so. The Caribbean Sea. In fact, the eastern part of the Caribbean Sea. Um, it is building, getting stronger and all of that, and it could do some real harm. It is a hurricane, or I should say the National Hurricane Center has issued a tropical storm warning for Barbados, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, the Grenadines, and so on and so forth. Um, now, 
It could hit Puerto Rico, too. So, you know, it's that time of year when we start to hear about these things. I saw an interesting item that's kind of related to it. Our president, President Trump, has made a suggestion. Couldn't nuclear weapons be, uh, what would you call it, exploded? Deployed. Deployed and... Activated. Okay. Yeah. And, um, like, when before this gets to landfall, and basically um, neutralize the nature of the storm. I mean, they're still going to get precipitation. But in terms of the winds and that sort of thing, could it weaken or do away with the hurricane status? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, with that power, uh, power meeting power, you know, it makes you wonder, but what about the nuclear fallout? Well... Um, that was my first thought. Yeah, anyway. it's it's um, the radiation particles uh, in the air. Yeah, there there's there are different levels of that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think they're talking about the concussion factor, not high radiation. No. Oh. Okay. But I'm not sure. But I don't think it would be proposed if it was going to leave a heavy radiation path. If you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just... just, uh, Too risky. Yeah. Yeah. So I I thought that was a really interesting idea. That is, indeed. I, I wonder if that would work about, you know, to stop that, slow it down with that powerful force meeting... Nature's powerful force. We also have, of course, these uh, California brush fires. And we have the Amazon brush fires. Or all that sort of thing going on. Uh, There's another tropical storm, Beilu, or something like that, that has really affected the Philippines. And... um, So... Um, my phone just made some noise. I guess I better take a quick look and see if someone's trying to uh, add something that way rather than uh, by calling us. Hello, Chewbacca. Yeah. No, it was uh, another message. Okay. Now, so that's set that over there. That is... Uh, Let's bring this one Really in. interesting. Yeah. Now, still pondering that. Would it work? Oh, the uh, nuclear thing? Okay. New York Times, in their morning briefing, um, there's a variety of topics they've brought up. (coughs) You know, this is the final day of the Group 7 meeting, right? Which is being held in France. Uh, Incidentally, the next, this is an annual event, as I understand it. And guess who's supposed to host it next time? The United States. Now, there's um, been some discussion about the fact that it would be held in Miami at a Trump property. Um which has a, a marvelous golf course and wonderful accommodations and everything like that. And so there are some people scratching their head a little bit saying, you know, is that a conflict of interest and that sort of thing. I, I, I don't know all those details. I certainly want the G7 to be hosted at a nice place. Yeah. 
But anyway, um, that's going on. Um, now, we've got um, the opioid stuff. Is um, There's a new wrinkle, and it involves a specific company happens to be a company my daughter former daughter-in-law um, has a rather important position in and that is Johnson and Johnson um, you know I can't think of a company that I feel is much more responsible than them uh, they've always had quality products um, anyway but uh, they're getting a little bit of a black eye because they have some involvement in opioids. I, it, 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 you know, I'm trying to be objective here. A company produces something that ha- serves a purpose. And... That purpose can be used for good or for bad. It is not they who get to choose how it's used. It's the prescribers and the patients that have it in their possession. But anyway, that is, uh, they're being um, carefully, um, they're under the microscope is what I'm trying to say. What else do we have this morning? I saw something here, if I can find it real quickly. Maybe I can't. But I have other stacks, so maybe I'm just getting confused. Okay, let's put this one away. Now. Let's talk about Ohio for a moment. Last Friday I found this report, and I thought it was worth bringing in here. You know, I talk about Wallet Hub. This is not one of their reports. But it is somewhat of a, um, a ranking of highways and what states have good highways, what ones have bad, and so on and so forth. Ohio. Ohio highways improve and are now ranked 18th in the nation in highway performance and cost-effectiveness. Now, this is uh, the result of the 24th Annual Highway Report based on data that states submitted to the federal government. It ranks each state's highway system in 13 categories, including, and here's just a few examples, fatalities, pavement condition, congestion, spending per mile, administrative costs, and as I said, 13 things, so there's more things. I just don't have them in front of me. So this is an organization called the Reason Foundation. They're responsible for this report annually. It's produced uh, or issued out of Los Angeles, where they're headquartered. So as I said, Ohio's highway system ranks 18th in the nation. Now, how's that compared to the last time? They were 26th. They moved up eight spots. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Keep going. Ohio's highway performance is good, particularly compared to many other highly populated states. And its overall ranking is the result of solid performances across the board 
and not placing in the bottom ten in any single category. Which, by the way, very few states accomplish. Remember, I mentioned 13 categories. Mm-hmm. So you could be number one in a bunch, but still way down the list in something. Yes. But they're saying Ohio basically uh, didn't have that situation. Now, here's a, um, here's a quote from somebody in the um, studies of this um, uh, Baruch Fiegelman the lead author of the annual highway report. Here we go. To continue to move up the rankings, Ohio could improve pavement conditions on arterials and reduce traffic congestion in urban areas. Compared to nearby states, the report finds, Ohio's overall highway performance is better than Illinois, which ranks 28th, Michigan, which ranks 30th, Indiana, which ranks 33rd, and Pennsylvania, which ranks 35th. But it still trails Kentucky, which is ranked 5th. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, with Ohio's... That, be- I'm sorry. That's okay. all right. With that extra gas tax that Ohioans are now paying... Uh, that was, what, enacted July 1st by the legislature? Right. I think that's one of the areas they're going to be targeting is improving highways and roads in the state. Going on, Ohio's best rankings are in rural fatality rate, where they rank 5th, and overall fatality rank, where they rank 13th. On the other hand, Ohio's Worst rankings are capital and bridge disbursements per mile, where they rank 39th, and urban arterial pavement condition, where they rank 35th. Well, there's a lot of data here. But overall, um, as I said, we rank 18th in the nation. And um, the Reason Foundation, if you'd like to look up more information, they're the publishers of this. Well, let's hope uh, that ranking climbs a little bit more with this uh, gas tax and hopefully improved roads now. And it's funny, after that was enacted, I noticed that many potholes in the area had uh, pothole filler in them, like within the next few days after July 1st. Now, I don't know if that had any impact on improving the roads around here with that additional gas tax, but I just something I noticed. No, I think you were just, I maybe, think it was just coincidence. Uh, a coincidence. Yeah, could be, could very well be. But I will say, you know, with the road improvements around here is, um, uh, West Un- Route 56, West Union Street, beyond the uh, Route 56, 682 intersection there, mm-hmm. has been recently paved and is really nice out through there now. Yeah, it was. Um, out towards uh, Morrison Gordon Elementary I and went out to UPS. the country club uh, for a meeting oh, early in uh, August, and it was a night in which they were doing much of that. Oh, okay. But it's nice now, and no no skunk in the middle line that they painted over. <laughs> Rem- okay. Remember that from yeah, a couple of years the ago. The photograph, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, we're moving around to a whole variety of topics this morning. Obviously, today a free-for-all edition. Now, here is an- another listing. The states with the most and least drug overdose Deaths. Okay, so we had a pretty good report out of the highway thing. It can be better yet, but it still, we ranked 18th. This report is unfortunate, the one I'm going to now. 
Ohio has the second highest overdose rates by state. Ohio. Mm. Where is number one? Care to guess? I'll say West Virginia. You are correct. So West Virginia has the most difficulty with this. Ohio second. The District of Columbia third. Pennsylvania fourth. And Maryland fifth. How about the states with the least problem? We're going from, uh, I guess, what would be the 45th to the 50th. So Montana, Iowa, North Dakota, Nebraska, and with the least problem, South Dakota. Now, let's see here. Drug overdose has become a dangerous and deadly problem across the United States. Since 1999, overdose deaths increased from 6.1 per 100,000 people to 21.7. That's nearly a four times increase. Mercy. And much of that growth has occurred just since 2014. The problem is more prevalent in some states than in others. Overdose rates vary widely among states, from fewer to, than seven to more than 50 deaths per 1,000 residents. Find out where your state ranks in for drug overdose deaths. So we, we've already mentioned Ohio is second. Um, anyway, it's really an unfortunate um, story. Yeah, unfortunate statistic. By the way, if you want to go beyond uh, the top five, which we did mention, once again, it was West Virginia, Ohio, the District of Columbia, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. The next five would be Kentucky, then the state of Delaware, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and New Jersey. All right. Another story. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, we about, hear, hear a lot about the, uh, well, the drug pipeline coming down from uh, Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, down 75 and to uh, 23 and the Route 33 corridor on the way to West Virginia. To, and uh, lo- there have been a lot of busts in uh, the Huntington and Charleston area. Oh. From, you reminded from me of something. Okay. <clears throat> I think it was Friday evening. Um, I had dinner with my good friends Dale and Darla Stanley. It's been a long time since I'd done that. And we went out to the Albany Cafe. You know where that is? Mm-hmm. It's in the former school building, yep. right? Yep. Had a nice time. Ran into all sorts of people I hadn't seen in years. Oh. It was really cool. Yeah, I knew cool. just about everybody that, that was dining there. <laughs> Except for one guy who came up behind me and went to grab me by the shoulder and wanted me to turn around, and I did. And she held out my hand, and I said, oh, you're so familiar to me. I'm Help me. And he said, no, you just keep thinking about it, and he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and a couple people I was with said, well, that was rude. And I said, no, I didn't take it that way. I just I wish I could think of his name. <laughs> In any way. He just leave you hanging like that. Yeah, though. he did, though. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I knew it was somebody I should have known. It's just, <laughs> folks, you know, as you get older, it's harder to come up with some of these well, things. Well, yeah, because you meet more people. Yeah. You know, and you've got that stored in memory that, you know, you more than you knew 10 years before that. 
Try well, to remember who they are. Anyway, let's see. Why did I start this story? Oh, the the stop. Okay, so I um I got pulled over by the highway patrol. I have not been stopped by an officer, I suppose, in 20 years. On the way back from yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, when I went to turn on 550, yeah, that's right, um, I looked back and there wasn't a car coming, and I did not come to a full stop before uh, I came on to 50, f- 550. 550? No, 50. Okay. 5032. There we go. Okay. You know, whatever the main drag is. Yeah, there. That, that's it. Okay. And uh, we we must have gone a mile or so before he finally hit the lights and pulled me over. And um but instantly he had been behind me turning on to the main thing. And he was in an SUV type um cruiser, not a car cruiser. And uh, he came up to me, and I I had already grabbed my driver's license and found the registration. I couldn't find the insurance card. I was driving my wife's car. And I was alone. So I had these ready to hand to him, and he asked for that last item and said, I'm sorry, I'm in my wife's car. I don't know where it is. Um... And he said, do you know why I stopped you? And I said, was I going five miles per hour over? <laughs> and he said, no, it, you did not come to a complete stop back there when you turned on to 550. Uh, 50. Mm-hmm. And he went back to his car and came back shortly thereafter. And he gave me my documents back and said, here's a, a warning. And I said, well, I appreciate it and I'll do better. And he was very nice. Oh, cool. That's but uh, I'm trying to think where you would have come out. It on, was off of Fisher 50, Road. 32. I was, I was on Fisher Road. Okay. And I went to turn there. To turn right to head towards Athens? Yes. Okay. Got it. And it was dark, dark enough that everybody had their headlights on. And I looked back, and there wasn't a light coming from Albany at all. So I, I know I did not come to a full stop. I certainly slowed down. I just didn't come to a complete stop. Yeah. Anyway, I hadn't been pulled over in years, so it was, well, you know. Yeah, I, I probably would have had a heart attack. To see that those lights, I don't know oh, what it is. and you know they always uh, have that one that they can adjust that white light. Oh, the spotlight, yeah. and uh, you know. So I'm holding my hand up because the reflection off my rear view it's mirror blinding. is blinding. Yeah, and um, while he's running my data through their computers and everything. All right. Yeah. Well, good. It worked out. Yeah, good. He, and he was very polite, and so was I, and it, it was a good thing. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, and well, I'll I'll be more careful, right. which is the very point. Sure, of it. absolutely, and it's nice to, to get a warning. But I tell you what, if if you ever noticed uh, coming off of the exit ramp here that comes off of Columbus Road, how many people don't stop at that stop sign up here? I've noticed that quite a few times. They just keep right on going. Oh, you mean? Yeah, right up here from okay. the station. Okay, well. That's just another thing I happen to notice. Yeah. But uh, we have, uh, Dad and Mom and I have this old little saying, whatever. There was a a, a gentleman that used to go to our church, and he's a retired state trooper. Actually, he's a retired commander of a post. And we always remember him saying about that stop sign. That stop sign, as we leave church, he, he says, that stop sign means... Stop. It doesn't mean slow down. It means stop. So we have that little saying that we do every now and then. But I tried to tell everyone one time, well, aren't the white-rimmed stop signs optional that you don't? No. Aren't aren't they optional? The white-rimmed stop signs. Yeah. 
They all have a white rim. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just loaf. Got to move on here. <laughs> anyway, um, because there's one report that that um, I th- I found interesting this morning. I only found it today. This is about Columbus. So here is a skyline photograph, Scott. Columbus, right? All right. Yes. So this building right here. Okay. That is what was called the the AIU building or okay. Levesque Tower. Levesque Tower, right. Uh, it was Columbus's one and only and first skyscraper. Now, my dad's office was not at the very top, but it was right there. Pretty close to it. 43rd story. Okay. 43rd floor. So there's a story that was published over the weekend. Well, there's a lot of towers there now in that picture. (laughs) It's entitled Skyline Report. These Columbus Towers have the highest vacancy rates. A new report from JLL details which downtown towers have the most available. Meanwhile, a slew of recently announced projects could add as much as 3.5 million square feet of these high towers to areas in and around Columbus in the next decade. The forthcoming arrival of all that new space, courtesy of high-profile projects like the Scioto Peninsula, the North Market Tower, and the expansion of the Arena District, are raising the stakes for downtown's long-standing towers, especially the ones that are already faced with high vacancy rates. So... um, When you look at this, this story um, continues to show, I guess, artist renderings of future towers to be built, high-rise apart, apartment buildings and high-rise office buildings, particularly office buildings. And Columbus is certainly going vertical. Yeah, sure looks like it, too, from that picture you just showed there, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in addition to the Levesque Tower. How many more there, since uh, that tower first opened, have been added to that? <laughs> it just fills up the picture, almost. You know, um, there's also this this odd algae this year that oh, has yeah. affected um, some lakes yeah. and even even the Great Lakes but also some ponds. And it can be um, a health issue for pets if pets like to go swimming. Mm -hmm. Or even take a drink of the water when they get thirsty there. And um, so we have a variety of U.S. senators, particularly Michigan ones, but Ohio too, uh, who are trying to push for more effort to understand this algae and do away with it somehow. Make make the waters safer. It's hard to think that our government wouldn't want to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Routine maintenance, routine cleaning. So, yeah, it's like we were talking about that preventative or preventive maintenance last week, deferred spending. You know, if it's going to get that way anyhow, why not do it when you know it's going to eventually get worse? Um, Another thing I'd like to mention, and I want to do it cautiously because I'm not taking pokes at anybody, really, but newspapers. Uh, they're shrinking. 
Uh, the latest victim is up in uh, Youngstown, the Vindicator. Um, what can I say? Uh, the newspaper industry is is struggling um, compared to what they used to be like 25, 30, 50 years ago. They're still doing good. It's just not as great. Um, you know, I, I'm bugged still by the dispatch and the fact that it is a small newspaper now. And I don't mean small in pages. I mean small in size. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, essentially the same size as the Athens News, isn't it? Yeah, I would say, yeah. Um, Maybe even a little small. I don't know. It's pretty close. And, you know, the presses that they use up in the plant there on the west side of Columbus... Um, they got all new presses and everything, and that's the principal reason why the paper became physically smaller in size. Um, but I, everything about it, the, even the uh, types type is smaller. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's just different. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like a paper. The na- the same. Quality newspaper as the dispatch had been. Yeah, were they, were they looking at cost cutting by I'm using sure. less paper that I'm way sure. too? But you know, when you do that, it's like you you got to use the same amount of paper. It's just smaller. I don't, you know, like you said, I'm sure there was a cost cutting thought there. The um. Oh, shucks. Um, When I was teaching journalism, uh, the head of all the operations for the dispatch, and I'm having a little trouble recalling his name. If I whipped out my phone, I could get it quickly. But um, Floyd, well, anyway, um, he would come down and talk to my students. And he was really a neat guy. Cool. And... um, talk about the challenges that papers were experiencing that they had never experienced before. Mm, yep. You know, and how many people get their information from the internet. And um and then the thing is, you know, how how accurately has that information been flushed out compared to the how journalists do it? Yes. Um Folks, we're out of time. Once again, we'll talk with um, Alex, no, Federal Hawking tomorrow. This is CBS News on the Hour. Real news, real reporting. I'm Peter King. From the G7 summit, the president claims China has asked for new trade talks. White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy is covering... The president says the Chinese indicated twice, by phone, overnight, that they mean business and want to make a deal. Very, very good calls, very productive calls. But China's foreign ministry spokesman said he wasn't aware of any such calls. Responding to Mr. Trump's moves Friday to further increase tariffs, Beijing's lead negotiator did say his country resolutely opposes escalation of the trade war and urges consultations and cooperation in a calm attitude. Mr. Trump pointed to that statement. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, at the G7 summit in France. Hong Kong police are defending their response to weekend demonstrations, which included firing warning shots and using water cannons to try to disperse the crowds. Assistant Commissioner Mac Chin Ho. Their use of force was indeed necessary and reasonable. It was to protect any person, including our officers themselves, from death. Or serious bodily injury. Fallen movie mogul Harvey Weinstein has just pled not guilty to an indictment in New York that adds two new charges of predatory sexual assault. The defense calls the new indictments an 11th hour maneuver that raises several legal issues. His rape trial is due to start next month. There's good news and bad news about Tropical Storm Dorian. The good news is that it may not make a direct hit on Puerto Rico. The bad news from CBS News meteorologist David Parkinson. The real concern for Puerto Rico that we have here is that 
Puerto Rico is on the right side of the storm. That's the dirty side. That's the bad side of the storm. That's where the strongest wind is. That's where the most tornadoes are. That's also where the heaviest rain usually is. And that could happen as early as Wednesday. A mountain 